I'm Paul Wiegraf, Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts and your host for today. Joining me today is David Stradley, the Producing Artistic Director of Delaware Shakespeare, and Newton Buchanan, one of the associate artists with Delaware Shakespeare. Welcome, David. Thanks, Paul. And welcome, Newton. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for I'm having glad me. to have you both with us this morning. Uh, Delaware Shakespeare has been such a leader in so many ways in the Delaware arts community, a leader in outreach, a leader in programming, and more recently, a leader in developing policies, practices uh, to deal with anti-racism and to expand your efforts in diversity, equity, and inclusion. David, would you start, uh, start us out today with a little bit of uh, background about who Delaware Shakespeare is, and then I'd love to get into the work that you've been doing recently, and then finally get to your summer festival, which sounds really exciting. Yeah, Delaware Shakespeare is a professional theater company that's uh, based in Wilmington, but particularly over the last five or six years, we really have been aiming to serve the whole state with our programming. Uh, we're in our, our 19th year of operations, and you know, really our aim is to celebrate and explore our, our shared humanity through the lens of, of Shakespearean plays. Um, and in a, in a normal year, in a non-pandemic year, we do that in, in two main ways. We have our, our summer festival out at Rockwood Park um, in July, um, you know, big, fun, community bonding event out in the park. Um, and then every fall we have our community tour, which we've been doing for the, we started that in 2016. Um, and that's a program where we take a full Shakespeare production on the road, traveling uh, to what we, we grandiosely say is uh, trying to reach the full spectrum of humanity in Delaware by traveling to locations like prisons and homeless shelters and community centers and all those kind of places. And so that's, that's the, the two, one minute snapshot of who Del Shakes is. <laughs> Now, Newton, I'm going to turn to you. Uh, David mentioned the community tours. I'm curious, as, a, as an actor, uh, performing in the summer festivals, which I've seen you do, or the, you know, the, the summer Shakespeare at Rockwood, uh, is, is, I wouldn't call it a traditional setting, but it is, you know, it's a staged performance. Uh, but you've also been involved in the community tours. Talk a little bit about how uh, performing in those venues, uh, in the community tours, uh, impacts you as an artist and and informs you as an artist. Yeah, so um, it's a really great experience actually going through to the different uh, facilities that we go through, mostly because the people that are there are so appreciative of the art that we bring to them. Um, and part of the goal of the community tour, uh, and also what, which, what drew me into it in the first place, um, is meeting those people where they are. Um, and when we do that, we get this glimpse of humanity that we don't always get when we're doing theater. Um, uh, and, and I can say, having done that twice now, um, that it, you know, bringing, bringing high quality art to these particular facilities, to these people who don't normally get it, who don't always get to see professional theater, um, there's a lot of magic that happens there. Um, there's a lot of shared moments of, uh, where, you know, we, I, I I don't get I don't get what your situation is I but I understand you as a human and I'm bringing you art because I know that you need this as well you deserve this kind of thing as well and as an artist who's involved in that um, it makes me feel like I made the right decision to be to be an actor and to be in theater um, I uh, David knows this but part of what how I got into theater was uh, doing kind of toward uh, community type kind of um, 
uh, theater uh, for, uh, uh, you know, uh, middle schools and different places and touring around and trying to find the, the thing that the community tour is actually doing right now. Um, so it, it, it really is attractive to me uh, and as a way that I can uh, give my heart energy to, to, to masses and, and people who, who deserve this kind of, kind of art as well. Now, there is, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, there is this myth, I wouldn't call it a pervasive myth, but there's this, there's a sense among some that Shakespeare is for the social or educationally elite. I mean, clearly Shakespeare did not write only for the social elite, and your community tours first that bubble of that myth as well. Could you talk about that a little bit, David? Yeah, you know, when we were first planning this, uh, and I was talking to people about it there, it wasn't pervasive, like it wasn't everyone I talked to, but right. certainly about once in every five, somebody would say, well, are you sure somebody in a homeless shelter will be able to appreciate Shakespeare? Or are right. you sure someone in a prison will be able to understand Shakespeare? And I would give a theoretical answer to that and say, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, but now we have, you know, four years of experience. I'd be like, come with me, come with me, because hands down the, if i had one place that i could say where would you where is the place you would most perform, rather perform shakespeare i'd say baylor women's correctional institution uh, <laughs> the audience is just alive and they get it and they're laughing and they're responding um from the from the core of, of their being um and then i can also remember very clearly a time we were performing at a uh, for some uh people experiencing homelessness in dover and at intermission i asked one of this one of the guys what he was thinking how he was enjoying it. he was like he's like you know i'm a I'm a little bit homeless. I'm a biker. You know, Shakespeare's not my thing. He says, but, but this is beautiful. <laughs> you know? And so it's just, yeah, I mean, we're human beings. And when we connect with each other as human beings, we can connect. And that's what, you know, Shakespeare was a, Shakespeare was a person. Shakespeare was a human and he wanted people to respond to his plays, not just people that, you know, had PhDs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could cry just thinking about this and it's like these people, it means totally, uh, it means a lot. It means something different to them than mm -hmm. a, a traditional audience, right? Mm -hmm. Traditional audience is coming in to have a good time, or they're coming in to have this, you know, um, ex a particular kind of experience for a them. Theater experience. Yeah. Theater experience, exactly. And I think the populations that we, or the or the places that we try to bring the community tour, it means something so much more. I think to them, the fact that we're there, the fact that we're even bringing it giving them attention and bringing something to them, this gift that they don't have to pay for, that we're so happy to bring. Um, it, it, it touches them in a certain way. Um, and to, to David's point, it's like, yeah, it, it is ex completely accessible to anyone. Um, so anyone can enjoy this. And anyone doesn't matter what class, what color, what you know, background, where you're from. If you're a human being, uh, you can enjoy and, and, and be a part of what we have to offer and give to you. That's just magic to me. Now, clearly uh, the community tour program uh, has been an effort to expand your outreach efforts to be more inclusive in audiences uh, and, and messaging of, of who Shakespeare can reach. Talk, let's use that to segue into the work that you've been doing over the last 12, 14 months in anti-racism. You've been, uh, had a very impressive uh, experience in, in planning and in, in discussions, uh, community-based discussions. 
in exploring how Delaware Shakespeare can be an anti-racist organization. You've developed policies, uh, an action plan, metrics. Uh, David, let's go back to the beginning. What was the impetus for really making a conscious effort uh, to have your organization explore this, uh, to develop this, and ultimately to implement it? Yeah. I mean, the groundwork of it really was laid by by the community tour work. I mean, the, one of the reasons the community tour got launched is that we always thought that what we did best as an organization was to bring a broad mix of our community together to experience these plays. Um, and about six or seven years ago, we really looked at our numbers and we're like, we're not doing that. <laughs> you know, our summer audience is a pretty traditional theater audience, you know, which means about 85 to 90% white, pretty wealthy, you know. Um, and so, you know, we, the, the community tour audience is about 50-50%, you know, 50% um, uh, audiences of color, 50% white. Um, and, and we specifically, when we, when we um, built those productions, we wanted diverse acting companies um, as well to, to represent the audience that we were going to perform for. So, you know, a, a year ago when, when George Floyd was murdered, um, there was a, a, and I'll say, you know, embarrassingly, it wasn't even the, the murder of George Floyd that made me go, we really need to do this. It was about four or five days later when there was a, you know, um, uh, demonstrations in Wilmington that then turned violent. And I can remember going to bed late, you know, late that weekend and looking at my computer and going, oh my gosh, you know, buildings are being, um, you know, there, there's, there's, you know, violence happening in these buildings right now. And it was just something that clicked in my head. I was like, I, I can't, <laughs> and Del Shakes can't, just stand to the side. You know, we have mm -hmm. over the last five years, you know, we have, we have developed relationships with audiences of color. We have developed relationships with artists of color. Um, these, these people are telling us that our systems are not, not set up in ways that are useful um, to them. And it was, for me, it was a, you know, a, 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 a personal imperative that we couldn't change the world, but we could make Del Shakes a place that hopefully was an, an easier place for, for people of color to, to navigate. Um, and that was kind of the, the start of it. Um, and we, we established this anti-racism working group um, to, to start working on these policies. And it was important that we had artists involved in that. So we reached out to, to Newton, who was, had been, was working with us as an associate artist at that time. We said, hey, Newton, do you want to be on this, this working group? Um, and I want to, you want to sh share anything about your experience on that, on that group, Newton? Yeah, uh, I had a, I had a, I say I had a great time, but um, you know, the work that we do is, is actually hard work. Um, some of it's really easy because some of it's really common sense, but other parts of it are really difficult because of what other people bring in and their different backgrounds. And so when you're being really conscious of those, of all of that, um, it can make the work feel like work. Um, and to me, that's okay. <laughs> That's okay. It's part of what we do. We're trying to make, make some change here. Um, I know the group that we, that we were uh, meeting, that was meeting uh, for the anti-racism work group, um, all really believed in what we're trying to do, uh, really wanted to make some changes, um, had, you know, we're bringing their, everyone brings in their own backgrounds and things. And that was informing some of their suggestions. And, and, and as they were brought into the group, nothing was thrown out. Everything was kind of, uh, at least looked at as some as a possibility, um, and then we tried to find a way to make any suggestion kind of work. You know, we tried to make a way, find a way to write it out or to, to put it into the policy, uh, so that so that when this is put into place, that just like David says, like Dell Shakes is um, hopefully um, uh, a more a more inviting uh, space, uh, a safe space or safer space, I should say, 
um, for um, actors and artists uh, and, and um, theater makers of color that might want to come through and do something with them. So, and, and, and it was a, a pleasure, a pleasure to, to do that work, um, especially because I felt fueled myself um, to kind of do something about this um, in, 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 in a lot of capacities. So, so doing with Del Shanks, a pleasure, a pleasure to do that. Well, I, I like to continue talking about what, what the product of your work was, is and uh, how you're implementing it. But first, let me remind our listeners that you are tuned into Delaware State of the Arts here on News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOB. Our guests today are David Stradley, the producing artistic director of Delaware Shakespeare, and Newton Buchanan, one of the associate artists of Delaware Shakespeare. We're talking about your uh, planning, your, your, your policy development around anti-racism. Where, where did you reach out to for input? You had the working group, but I know I, I, know I participated at some point in a, a, a survey, I believe. What, what sort of tools did you use to gather input for developing your policy? Yeah, so we, you know, we hired uh, Arianne Harley Emerson to, to work with us as a consultant to develop these, um, this, this policy and the action plan. And we knew very early that we didn't want to just be the, the eight of us that were on this, this working group sharing ideas. Um, so we set up um, uh, you know, BIPOC spaces for um, what we called listening and recommendations um, no, sharing recommendation sessions, what we called them. And because um, we don't want to call them listening sessions because listening okay. centers, listening centers, you know, me as the white guy running this, you know, what has been a predominantly white institution, we wanted this to be focused on the, in the individuals. So that's why we called it a sharing and recommendation session. And we did one for um, BIPOC audiences and one for BIPOC artists. Um, and really, you know, the, the, the thoughts and ideas and recommendations that, that came from there, I mean, literally just went directly into the, to the policies and, and, the, and the action plans. Um, and then, you know, we, we developed these, these policies and action plans over about um, two to three months. Um, we then shared drafts of those out with, um, with community members, with, with um, you know, the artists of color we've worked with. Um, we had a, uh, we started what we call our, originally we we're calling it a, a BIPOC Artist Alliance. Um, and if your listeners don't know that sense, you know, Black, Indigenous, People of Color. And then we had our, our first BIPOC Artist Alliance meeting and we had the feedback that, you know, that acronym wasn't working for those people. Um, so they suggested BILAM, Black, Indigenous, Latinx, Asian, and Multiracial. So now it's the, the BILAM um, Artist Alliance. And we, we shared out, uh, you know, the, the policy with them and got feedback from them. And then we had, uh, which I think is when you joined in, Paul, we had a basically an anti-racism community discussion where we, mm -hmm. we, shared out, we shared out the policy as widely as possible and invited people to, to join us for a Zoom meeting and just share thoughts and ideas about how, how this policy could, could go into action. We know this policy is not set, <laughs> you know, we're putting it into practice, we're going to learn, we're going to revise, we're going to shift, and it's going to be, you know, a, a continual living, breathing, evolving process. Uh, just a, just a briefly on, on the implementation Many organizations will say, well, we're, we're a diverse organization. We have a person of color on our board, or we, we have hired one person of color, or we, we do one August Wilson play a year, or we, you know, and, and so on. Uh, but you have developed a pretty intricate series of metrics, which really have, are guiding now your action plan. Can you talk about some of those metrics? Yeah, Newton, do you want to? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
everybody either want to be on the spot. Yeah. But. So the, the main, so when we cast our community tour productions, um, we, we, they, we use eight actors for those. And going from the beginning of that, we wanted at least half of those artists to be artists of color because we knew about half of our audience was going to be already, uh, um, art, uh, sorry, audiences of color. Um, and, and during all the feedback that we got throughout this process, the thing that we heard time and time again from both artists and, and communities of color was that the community tour really, really worked. <laughs> and, and we thought that a big part of that is, is because racial equity was a, was a built-in part of that in, the, in both the building of the audiences and the building of the artistic companies. Um, so we are, as we move forward, we're trying to make the, the community tour the kind of the Dell Shake standard for what we, what we do. And, and we're even looking at that as just hiring numbers. So we're, we're going to measure ourselves against this idea of at least 50% of, uh, you know, of, of audiences or, you know, are, will be, will be people of color. Um, and we're going to kind of measure that and and we'll, we'll give ourselves a score you know in each category so if if our board right now our board is is 35 percent um people of color so that would be a three you know a score of a three out of, out of five um you know if, if you get 50 percent, then you get a five <laughs> um and at the end of the year we'll tally all that number up and give ourselves an average for the year and you know um and we know that numbers themselves are not going to solve the problem and that people are not numbers um and that even 50 percent is not an end-all be-all solving of it but it's a it's a a goal that we can kind of wrap our heads around and say we're, we're going for this right now and then we'll continue building from that and you know, i don't know if you want to talk about the idea of numbers and how that connects to the lived bipoc experience well yeah. i don't i i don't want to cut you off or or, or um, dampen this discussion because i think it's important but i would want to point out that our listeners uh, can go to your website, adelshakes.org, where you have an extensive uh, section on anti-racism, how you develop the policy, uh, what that entails, and and how you measure it. Uh, and and the only reason I, I cut you off is because I would love, we only have a few minutes left, and I, I don't want to cheat you on uh, promoting your summer festival at Rockwood Park, which is uh, quite a different uh, configuration this summer, but offering just some tremendous opportunities the last two weeks of July. Yeah, it's actually going to be, uh, we, we're in our same three-week window, July 16th to, to August 1st. And instead of presenting a, a, a full production like we normally do, um, we're, we're thinking of this as a, as a transition year. Um, so we're doing three uh, events over the course of those three weeks. Um, one is called a, a Midsummer Mixtape, which would be um, music and uh, uh, scenes from from past Del Shakes productions. And Newton Buchanan's going to be in that. Yes, uh, I am. <laughs> um, but then we also wanted to, again, with our anti-racism work, it's we wanted to infuse every aspect of our of our programming as well. So there's two other events that that we think are are right in line with the the thinking and working that we've been doing. Um, one is a program called Rosalind Times Three, which is going to look at the the lead character from As You Like It through three different cultural lenses. Um, and then we're also doing um, two nights of a, of a Shakespeare poetry slam, getting hip hop artists and spoken word artists to share their work inspired by Shakespeare. So exciting. Um, and I know Newton and our other associate artists were, were kind of the help part of that team that, that helped brainstorm that, that additional programming. Yeah. Now, will all the programming take place in the large lawn at the, uh, at the house there, or will you be using different venues on the property? Which, well, we'll be right in the lawn uh, in front of the mansion, actually. Um, so typically, where the stage is in various different parts of the lawn, but right. we'll be right on the kind of raised grass kind of platform, almost like a stage that's right in front of the mansion there on the lawn. 
And for people who haven't been to Rockwood Park, it's it's a lovely setting. And and the atrium that was under construction a year or so ago, that's all done now. And it's, yeah, it's, really... it's looking it's looking really lovely. And yeah, um, yeah and all all the events that we're doing this year are all um, about sixty to seventy five minutes. So they're shorter events so that we're not having intermissions. We're not having to worry about you know lines at the bathroom, lines at concession right. stand. Um, okay. We're still planning on um, you know having a a socially distanced audience. You know the guidelines are changing weekly, so we're still trying to figure out what socially distance means. But right. but we are again we, we there's not going to be crowds of 400 people out this summer um, right. at the park like there normally are. But am I right that you're back to encouraging audiences to uh, bring blankets and have a, a dinner and absolutely the, camp, the grounds camp out will, on the lawn so to speak. Yeah, in, the, in the, their, their the grounds will still open. Out area. <laughs> yeah, the, the grounds will still open an hour before the show for picnicking and there won't be pre-show entertainment this year but we're, we are encouraging people to come out early and and picnic and enjoy the atmosphere with their with the fellow members of their community and um, one other thing that's that's different this is again is is, is part of our uh, you know work of access is um, tickets this year are going to be pay what you decide um, three okay. options ten dollars twenty dollars or thirty dollars um, whatever whatever feels right to you and, and we are encouraging people to buy tickets in advance um, this year instead of at the at the box office at the gate and they can do that on your website i assume on the website at delshakes.org mm -hmm. your powerful website <laughs> so newton we've got about a half minute left uh what are the challenges for preparing for a summer like this rather than preparing for a single shakespeare piece uh i would say it's probably the same, the same challenges, which uh, every actor uh, has to kind of deal with, you know, uh, uh, lines and, <laughs> and, and, and run of show and making sure that everything's authentic and, and real and, uh, and that you are present. So, um, but however, I mean, working with, with, for me, uh, working with Del Shays, working with David uh, for, for as long as I have. So as at this point, um, it's pretty, I feel pretty comfortable. Pretty and on that note, it's time for us to sign off. So David Stradley and Newton Buchanan from Delaware Shakespeare, thanks so much for joining us today. I encourage our listeners to check out your website, delshakes.org, uh, for both your work in anti-racism, but also to check out this, the summer festival at Rockwood Park. Thanks for having us, Paul.